Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about the annoying yellow smiley face. No, 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 no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish egotistical or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart and this show is all about the heart. Let's talk about something that is near and dear to many of our hearts, and that is our sexuality, the way we express ourselves with another, with our partners in intimacy, in physical connection, in emotional connection, and also the body image that is associated with that when things may not be physically performing optimally, or when we may not be at our emotional best. These are some of the topics that we're going to explore today with with our guests. My first guest is Michael Russer, who was diagnosed with prostate cancer in September of 2011. He began a year-long personal transformation that included a radical protostectomy, followed by intensive radiation treatments and full-blown physical impotence and I want to put the emphasis on physical because I don't think there's impotence at work here once you meet this man. He considers his resulting impotence to be one of the biggest blessings in his life. It is because of his impotence that he and his partner discovered an entirely new approach to experiencing levels of emotional and physical intimacy that far exceeds anything either of them experienced prior to when life was working correctly or things were biologically working correctly. And I just want to say good good morning to you, Michael. Thank you for being with us. Oh, Lisa, good morning to you. And I love the opening of your show because <laughs> everything I have to say today is about the heart. 
Uh, and yeah, the context is impotence. The context is what, how that could be a gateway to extraordinary physical and emotional intimacy with your partner. Ultimately, it really started with me making a choice from living rather shut down, even as an international speaker and author prior to this point, I made a choice, a very conscious choice to no longer live that way and, and live open hearted. And as, 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 I don't know, cliche as that may sound, it saved my life. And it's interesting because that choice happened two months prior to my diagnosis. Wow. That is that is that is amazing, and this concept of living open-hearted. I want to add sometimes comes from being broken-hearted. Yes, not in my case. I was living shut down. I threw everything into my work. Uh, I was a gregarious, friendly guy, but there was a part of me that just would not allow people inside, deep inside, and that goes for my marriage, my kids, everybody. And even myself, and it was it was the you know things happen. We come into this world perfect, and then life happens, and we put all these barriers and armors up to protect our heart, which is ironic because I'm convinced the heart needs no protection whatsoever. Now the ego, on the other hand, oh boy, that needs mm-hmm. all kinds of protection, and so I I was literally dying inside uh, before I knew I even had the cancer and if you saw a picture of me prior to that awakening so to speak and now you'd think you'd be looking at my father wow well I want to I want to just remind our listeners of something here that this is a guy talking you know that this is women always talk about being open-hearted we talk about the way that we feel we cry when we're frustrated and sad and angry and as a man who has gone through a a health scare a challenge a crisis you have chosen this path of open-heartedness this this path of dealing with your emotions and what's going on as the pathway to greater intimacy, not only with your partner, but I would dare say it's because it starts with the self, with yourself. Absolutely. Myself and everybody I come in contact with. So uh, prior to meeting my my life partner, about a year, it started about a year prior to my meeting my life partner. And that's when the diagnosis happened, the surgery happened, the radiation happened, and then my full impotence happened. And I had to go through two two stages of loss and grief, first with the cancer. And then I have to say that for most men, the loss of uh, potency, the ability to get hard, is often considered even more tragic. And you start out with complete disbelief, anger, lots of anger, and then uh, either some version of either depression or negotiation. And then Hopefully, you get to the point of acceptance. And I think that's where a lot of men get stuck. They, they keep fighting it. And I came to the point, I said, it is what it is. And I want to see what's possible, given it is what it is. And I met an incredible woman. In fact, we just celebrated our one-year anniversary this past weekend. And we, she was the kind of person where, when I relate to her, and communication is crucial here, I was totally open with her. I said, this ain't happening. And I'm pointing down to my crotch. I said, would you be, would you be willing to explore other ways of being intimate? 
Now, I have to say, in our culture, not all women would have responded the way she did. She said, of course. I fully expected, you know, I'm not expected, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if some, you know, somebody would have looked at their left wrist, whether there was a watch there or not, and said, oh my, look at it at the time. Hey, I, I got to go. I'll see you later. So I had to take that risk, and that's part of being open-hearted. You're, it's part of being vulnerable. You know, if you're not going to be vulnerable, things can't come in, things can't go out, and in terms of the heart. So I took that risk, and she more than met me there. And what came out of that inquiry still causes me to, well, both of us actually, to shake our heads. And in fact, the people, anybody we share this with, whether they're functioning normally or not, they look at us with complete disbelief that this is even physically possible, even for normally functioning couples, much less a couple where one of the partners, I mean, well, the male is completely flaccid, completely impotent. Well, I think, you know, it's important to first define what impotency really means because you're talking about a body part that doesn't function, but not Mm -hmm. about who you are as a man. And that is the crux of how we define ourselves when we pass through any crisis. That's right. And and you you really uh, hit it on the head here. A, A lot of men define who they are as men by how hard and how long uh, they can keep an erection and how well they quote-unquote perform. And by the way, I'd love to replace that word performance with presence, another P word. And uh, because in the bedroom, performance does not serve anybody. Presence serves both parties. And so a lot of men, uh, they 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 define themselves as a man by how, how hard and how long. And impotence, technically speaking, or medically speaking, is the inability to achieve uh, a strong enough erection to allow penetrative or uh, uh, intercourse types of sex. And so uh, shortly after surgery, I, I was actually encouraged because I started receiving nocturnal erections. I'm thinking, oh boy, this is, this is a good sign. Right, it's happening. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing is, is that it, it just doesn't come when you want it to. It doesn't happen. It doesn't like come when, when you, you call it. Yeah, it doesn't come. <laughs> come on, Steve. You can do it, boy. Come on. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. We are going to go to a break in about a minute and a half. So I want to... I, this is a very, this is a very cute way of really talking about the the problem. But I want to make sure yes. we give our listeners before we do go to break where to find you and learn more about your work and your upcoming book that is about to be published. And you can learn more about Michael Russer by going to hardlybroken.com. I love the name Hardly Broken. And on Twitter, you are at Heart open life and on facebook you are at m russer and that's m is in michael r u s s e r and when we come back we will continue our conversation about what happens when he doesn't come when you call him because it is it that is just a a a a, a function it's not what makes the man it's not what makes you guys the wonderful glorious creatures that you are and I, and it's important that we talk about this. I mean, I have experienced this with a partner in my past who was diabetic, who had several different kinds of physical disorders. And I do understand intimately, for lack of a better description and appropriately so, what you're speaking of. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is really important 
for our lady listeners out there to understand what Michael is sharing and for the guys out there to understand that your hardness doesn't make the man. And you are listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen and Michael Russer. And when we return, we're going to carry on this central theme about uh, intimacy and about not being broken just because a part of you is not working according to plan. Here come the tunes. We will be right back. And here they are. I should do the drum roll because I've got three seconds to spare. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on t-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, I really urge you to download this podcast and listen to the whole show because we are talking about sexuality. We're talking about body image. We're talking about the emotional image, actually, that we hold of ourselves prior to something altering our lives like having a prostate cancer. And Michael Russer, our guest, um, is just that man. He had prostate cancer and he found himself in a situation where he was challenged with erectile dysfunction and learned that he was so much more of a man because he allowed himself to slow down and become present to life, present to being open-hearted and vulnerable. And I can't wait to jump in with you again, Michael, because this is this is the heart of the matter, certainly for us girls over here. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot from women. And the, 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 here's the thing. Men have a choice, actually. They can define their manhood by how hard and how long, which is what is so much cultural and even biological wiring uh, has been imprinted on us. Or we can choose to define our manhood by 
how deeply we connect with and please our partner. Now that's something I have control over, even being completely and fully and clinically impotent. And so what happens and what I discovered, actually my partner and I both discovered this, is that men and women are hardwired uh, biologically and culturally speaking, primarily for procreation. And unfortunately, while great for making babies, the typical sex act of intercourse does not necessarily conducive to deep connecting emotional and physical intimacy and what's possible uh, beyond most people's imagining uh, otherwise. And so my impotence allowed, gave me the opportunity to slow down and experience that with my partner. And, uh, and so I have no shame associated with my impotence. In fact, I, I was just asked by another host uh, about two hours ago, he says, why don't you get an implant? I says, I don't want one. I said, right now, I says, I, I'm actually would be concerned that the old urges would come back. When a man is hard, he has tremendous urges that are very difficult to control, <laughs> which often leads to the last grunt, rollover, and snore syndrome that women are so familiar with and are really not particularly thrilled with, from what I hear. And, and, and let me say this too, Lisa, if I might, because for all the men listening uh, that might be listening here, women get this, but you know, uh, men, I just want to tell you that if you're not affected by ED or erectile dysfunction or impotence, you can do things that I'll never be able to do again. And everything that I've been able to do with my partner and achieve and at these incredible levels of physical and emotional intimacy, they're available to you too. So you actually are in a better place than I am. If I can do it, I know you can, but it, it's only if you're going to be open to the possibility of slowing down and matching your partner's sexual response profile because men and women are so different that way. Oh, indeed. Our wire, we are wired very differently. I want to talk about uh, the, the, the statistic of the average sex act in a couple when all parts are functionally, clinically normal. And I think it's 11 minutes. Is that true? Something like that. 11 to 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah. This is not a journey, boys and girls. I mean, this is this is a sprint. <laughs> well, it's it's you know it's a release actually. It's an it's a physical act that acts as a very pleasurable release, at least for one of the partners and possibly both. And uh, you know, and my partner and I, we will spend a minimum of two to four hours making love every time, and so we. You know, spontaneous sex is not available to us because we simply cannot spontaneously set aside two to four hours. And nor would we do it that way because it, it, for us to achieve those levels of incredible ecstasy and connection requires time. And time not given to necessarily you know, stark sexual uh, manipulation, at all, uh, a physical stimulation. It's we will give each other massages. We will caress each other. We'll sit looking at each other and synchronize our breathing. And and after an hour or two of that, she's finally ready. And I, I just also want to ex uh, explain that my my partner is postmenopausal, and she had trouble lubricating uh, prior to this. 
And now it's, well, for lack of a better way of putting it, it's rather copious. And <laughs> she said, I think I should talk to my doctor. I said, all he's going to say is whatever you're doing, bottle it and sell it. Yeah, lucky and, you is what he's going to say. <laughs> yeah. and, and the irony is, is she, it's not necessary because we don't have penetrative sex. And so it's, 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 but it's, it's the, the, the normal sex act is really an act. The, what's possible between a man and a woman is something so much more than that. And it's available to everybody. If they're fully present, as I said earlier, if we could remove the word performance in exchange for presence, you'd see fireworks happening and growing bigger all the time in the bedroom. And I, I, I believe this word presence, you know, that if we apply it to not only how we, how we are in the bedroom and how we are with our partners, but this sense of presence of how we are in life, how we choose yes. to show up for life is, is really becomes the, the, the essence of this issue that we're speaking about. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's sad that everything in our culture is actually, it actually conspires to take us away from presence. Our drug of choice in today's culture is distraction, which is the antithesis of presence. And so when I, when I started my journey, a very deliberate journey of going hard open, I had to learn what it means to be fully present again. And I have to tell you, Lisa, when I walk outdoors, or I meet somebody, and I'm fully present, oh my God, my heart swells. I just see things and feel things and experience things that I never did before. And it, it is, I mean, it, 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 it just takes my breath away. So presence is something that can be practiced. It's something that you can be conscious of. And it really needs to be conscious. And when you are, it'll open up so much more than you thought was possible in this life. And, and let's talk about what happens to us as human beings when we've been in our relationships for a little while. We've been with our partners for a bit, say we're in our, now in our early 40s or a bit beyond, mm-hmm. and the lack of intimacy that takes yeah. over within the relationship. Everybody gets uh, stuck on their treadmill, on their own track of life, and there's a disconnect. And really, that's what there's I a- hear what you're, what you're aiming at really breaking this heart open. Yes, this is uh, my work is goes way beyond helping people with with uh, sexual dysfunction in terms of impotence and so on. It is really deals with the quote unquote impotence of the disconnect, which is a mm-hmm. form of impotence. And the and it's 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 prevalent. It's rampant in our society. And it, it, and it's so unnecessary. But the disconnect happens because, again, culturally, everything conspires uh, around us to cause disconnect. In fact, there's a movie called Disconnect, which illustrates this so powerfully. It's one of the best movies I've seen uh, with Jason Bateman. And the key here is to, I think, even with couples who have been together for so long, the reason for shutdown is usually because they've been hurt. They stopped being vulnerable. They don't want to get hurt again. And, and not wanting to be hurt is literally, again, uh, the antithesis of being present. You can't, be, you can't protect yourself and be present at the same time. So being present means being vulnerable. 
it means being available to what may come, what possibilities there that we can't even imagine. And sometimes these things are not comfortable, and that's okay. And according to a book that I just read, um, the, uh, it's called The Presence Process by Michael Brown. I don't know if you've had a chance to read this extraordinary book, but it is, it is unbelievable. And he, he, one of the best phrases he has in this book is, life's not about feeling better. It's about getting better at feeling. Mm. And everything is like a wave, whether it's the euphoria of the moment or the agony of some painful event. Everything is a wave and it soon will pass. And what we have done in our modern society is do everything we can not to feel the, the quote unquote bad stuff. And there really is no such thing as bad stuff. There's stuff that's uncomfortable. There's stuff that may be painful, but it turns into suffering the moment we resist it and pretend it's not there. Very well said. We are about out of time, and I want to leave our oh, listeners <laughs> with uh, – I know. Well, we, you will definitely come back because this is such a good, good subject. I, I love this subject. What are some simple steps that couples can take right now to dramatically improve their emotional, physical, and spiritual intimacy? You know, like just the three-prong boom, boom, boom approach that they can use right now. Well, the first thing they want to do is practice being heart open and being vulnerable. And heart open doesn't mean you're, you know, you're just gushy. You know, it just means being present and vulnerable. People know what vulnerable is and practice it. It maybe takes some baby steps. And, you know, the other thing, too, is you, you want to, uh, and this is especially for men. Men, if you want to release the tigress in your woman, <laughs> suppress that urge that comes over you when you get hard. And there's a number of ways you can do that. I'm not going to go into right now, but um, you want to suppress that and then focus and be totally present for your, your female partner. And then focus on her for at least a half hour to an hour without any thought of completing the act and go in there in a goalless form of way. No agenda. This is not a performance. This is not a game. It is not a, a, a contest. It is goalless lovemaking, and you want to do that. And then the other thing is, as far as the emotional intimacy, you want to really spend time with each other in a way that is vulnerable, in a way that is connecting, and they do little things like hold hands, maybe stroke each other's arms, look into each other's eyes, and really, really be present with them. And that's a good start. The other thing they can do is they can pre-register for my book, and they'll get 52 weeks of these, of these tips that will tell them step-by-step step on how to do that. Perfect. That is the perfect segue into me giving out your website again. It is well, hard, hardlybroken.com. <laughs> You're trained at doing this. This isn't your well, first gig. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hardlybroken.com. On Twitter, it is at Heart Open Life. On Facebook, M. Russer. And we once again, Michael, thank you. Michael Russer will come back and share with us more of his insights and wisdom and, and tricks. And I so enjoyed being with you. And um, thank you for what you're doing for, for men, for women, and creating more intimacy and love in the world. I, it is greatly appreciated from my point. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Here come the tunes. We will be right back, and we're going to learn about our body images and that lubrication factor. I wanted to fry. 
We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win, enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress Kamen, Lisa's Books, Happiness First Aid Kits, H-Factor Where Is Your Heart documentary film, Happiness is an inside job product, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download this podcast because we are talking sex today. We are talking about sexuality, about body image, about emotional liberation. And my second guest is Bonnie Gale, who is a body image and intimacy expert and the co-creator of Sex Butter, which is a sexually empowering butter made with organic plant-based oils and infused with messages of love and healing. She educates and speaks out about feeling comfortable and confident in your body, connecting intimately and stepping into personal sensual and sexual power. Bonnie's work involves releasing body bondage, loving yourself, and inspiring sensual and sexual freedom to open up intimacy in a whole new way. Well, welcome, Bonnie. Welcome. <laughs> Let's talk about body bondage. My God, I think that is a fabulous phrase that describes what many of us get hung up on, get tangled in for years and years and years. In huge ways, and it starts at a young age. It does. It starts at a young age from what our mothers tell us, what our fathers tell us, what TV tells us, what what magazines tell us, and what our friends tell us, and most importantly, what we tell ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're actually the biggest proponents of doing this to ourselves because we do it on a regular basis 
every day, multiple times a day. Yep. We, 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 we sabotage our own joy and sexiness, don't we? We absolutely do. I mean, we really feel so uncomfortable in our bodies that we literally start to hate ourselves, hate body parts, call ourselves stupid. You know, sometimes it's a, like an emotional thing, like I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I'm this, I'm that. And then sometimes it's like I hate my thighs, I hate my cellulite, my pooch. You know, it's like all of these different things that we're telling ourselves on a continual basis. Let's jump right into the to how you got interested in teaching and learning a body image. Okay, well, it actually came from the sex better. What happened was when after I co-created sex better and I started talking to people about, you know, sexuality and things like that and promoting the product, I was speaking to women who were literally turning their heads down and walking away from me. And I really couldn't understand it because I was talking in a very soft spoken, general way. It wasn't racy. I wasn't a porn star. (laughs) And, you know, it was just, it was shocking to me that people were so closed up about the topic. And so I started to do research. And when I did the research, the number, the numbers were literally staggering for body image. 80 to 90% of women really dislike a good portion of their body. And up to 98% of women hate at least something about themselves. Wow, that is staggering. And I, and I can validate. I mean, as somebody who feels really good in my own skin, especially as I've gotten older, I can say that I'm not loving my cellulite, you know? <laughs> exactly. But you know what? Don't you think that as you got a little bit older, you also started to feel more comfortable in your body as far as an overall confidence? Oh, absolutely. And and that's a byproduct of living and learning and being open and understanding that it is as much a mental uh, job as it is a physical one. And that's really the arena we're talking about. That's absolutely correct. It's, you know, the body image is really, it's living in the brain. That's where it's camping out and terrorizing us if we allow it. Right, because, you know, some people think that a negative body image is an eating disorder, and that's not the case. A negative body image is just feeling badly about your body or body parts, or I also even include, like, the mental aspect of yourself. Mm. Well, it's the maybe it's the projection. You know, when we don't like parts of what we see externally that maybe we are disavowing or disliking parts of ourselves internally, you know, where the emotions lie, where the heart lies. And until we come to peace with that, we're going to continue to perpetuate that cycle. Right. And, you know, what happens, this is an interesting thing. I don't know if you know anything about Dr. Moto's water theories. I have heard. Yes, I know a little bit. <laughs> so, the, you know, the really basic thing is that basically he took two bottles of water, and on one bottle he put the word love, and on another bottle he put a a very negative word. And the molecular structure of the water in each of the bottles altered. And the bottle that had the word love on it had these, like, beautiful crystals. And the one that had the hate on it had these molecules that looked like gooey gunk. And our bodies are over 80% water. So when we are telling ourselves negative things to ourselves or other people are telling us negative things and we are taking that in, what we're doing is we're changing the molecular structure of our body to be more negative. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like there, there, there is a book, You Can't Afford the Luxury of a Negative Thought. And this is really uh, uh, subscribing to that belief system that the media tells us, society tells us, and we can't. You know, that the, to be able to love ourselves just as we are, cellulite and all, is the key to that self-acceptance and the key to being comfortable in your own skin and experiencing joy and, and comfort. Right. I mean, you know, really body image and body bondage stops so many people from doing so many things. I mean, there are people that won't go on vacations that are, you know, anywhere that would be like beach oriented because they might have to wear a bathing suit or shorts. I mean, we are limiting ourselves from doing so many things. People won't go up on stage and speak because they don't like the way they look and they don't want people to see them or they wear these big tent clothes where they literally hide underneath them. The so there's so many things. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And there's so many um, versions of that. There are, there are. Let's talk about the, the need to be perfect because that is a, a kissing cousin to really what we're discussing, that we would rather opt out because we can't be perfect. And the truth of the matter is there is no perfection. So we want something that's unattainable. You know, we want, to, we want to have the perfect body, the perfect skin. We don't want to have any wrinkles. We want our hair to be perfect. And we want people to notice us based on that perfection. And the truth is that nobody's perfect. I always say to everybody that I like to tout myself as perfectly imperfect. And the reason that I say that is because I have flaws about myself, but I love myself and I appreciate all of my flaws as well as the things about me that other people see as beautiful. That way you kind of encompass everything as a whole and take it in. And if there are things that you want to change about yourself, like let's just say you're overweight and you want to lose weight. I don't have any problems with people that want to lose weight. That's okay. But do it in a healthy way. Don't tell yourself every day how fat you are and then put yourself on these extreme diets or starvation and then think that you're going to lose the weight and maintain it because you're not changing your lifestyle. I think really what you're talking about is being self-loving instead of self-loathing. Exactly. Exactly. That, you know, when we say we want to lose weight, we want to do this, we want to do that, all of us know what to do and we want to lose weight. We shut our mouths and we start moving our feet. That's it. Exactly. That, that, that is, that is, that's the two pathways. But then all this other crap gets, uh, gets stuck within those two very simple prescriptions, the woulda, coulda, shouldas, and the, the, the body image, the gremlins in our heads, and all this other stuff prevents us from actually um, – seeing that through yeah that's definitely true and the voices inside our head which you call the gremlins are really they are so harsh and they can be so mean and we don't really know you know most people don't know how to stop it when you know and one of the things that I teach people is that body image you know having a positive body image is not a destination it's a daily practice and the reason that I say that is because you know, you can feel great about yourself one day and then wake up the next morning and something happens and you just don't feel good about yourself. So literally, it's a daily practice that we need to reinforce within ourselves every day. Which goes right back to what Michael Russell was saying in the first half of the show about presence. 
you know, that it is about being in the moment. And I want to touch upon how this relates to the, the, the sex butter, because the sex butter, you know, the idea that one would engage in this, in the use of this cream, this butter for the activity of, of self-pleasure, pleasure with your partner, whatever it is, is creating a setup for presence. Yes, definitely. There's, definitely inten- there's intention involved. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the intentions in the sex butter is for the woman to really be able to get down into her body. And what I mean by that is a lot of times when women are sexually active, they're not really in their physical body. They're in their head. And so they're not really enjoying the experience because of it. Or they're not enjoying it to a deeper level that they really could enjoy it. And so they are missing out on the deepest levels of pleasure that our bodies could ever experience. And I think that's sad. I I agree with you. I think it's very sad. And I think that it is a trap that we get ourselves into as humans, both men and women. I mean, you heard Michael's perspective in the first half as, as a man going through trials and tribulations with prostate cancer and learning to be his heart wide open to experience greater levels of intimacy and giving pleasure as well as receiving pleasure. The same thing happens to women as well. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, when our bodies are starting to change as we start to age, there are a lot of other things that can happen that really cause us to not really enjoy the pleasure of sex. And one of those things is our hormones can be imbalanced, and a lot of times the vaginal lining will thin, and sex can become very painful. And that is a reality for up to 30 million women today. Wow, that's a lot of sex butter, girl. We're going to go to the break, and when we come back, we are going to carry on this conversation about sexuality and and body image. To learn more about sex butter and the wonderful work that Bonnie is doing, you can go to sexbutter.net. Again, that's sexbutter.net. On Twitter, she is at sexbutterbabe, and on Facebook, it's Bonnie Gale, B-O-N-N-I-E-G-A-Y-L-E-101. Again, that's Bonnie Gale 101. Here come the tunes, and when we come back, we will continue this very, very titillating and informative conversation. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. And next week, I want to point out that we are going to continue this conversation about presence with uh, Dr. Mario Martinez and Dr. Ellen Langer about We're going to talk about mindfulness and the power of possibility. Here come the tunes. Stay tuned and stay with us. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to fight. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at H Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Be a part of the grateful good. 
Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, please download this podcast because we're talking about something really important today. We're talking about sexuality and body image. And one might say to oneself, well, sexuality, yeah, I know what that looks like. You know, I have sex. And really what we're talking about is going to another level with our our, not only our body image, but our intimacy, the way we connect with our partners and understanding that there are many pathways to achieving great pleasure, not just sexually, but emotionally and spiritually. And my, my second guest today is Bonnie Gale, and she is the co-creator of Sex Butter, which is a product for women, but I would venture to say it's for men as well, because uh, every, everybody wins in this department. Um, and we're talking about body image and how society gives us mixed messages about what beauty is, about perfection, about sexiness, about power, and about control. So, Bonnie, let's just jump right in here and talk about control. When we're <laughs> out of control versus when we're feeling in control. So, when we're feeling out of control, uh, what we end up doing is focusing even more and more on all of the negative things about ourselves. So we start to say, you know, tell ourselves all these negative messages. And the reason is because we don't feel in control and we're really uncomfortable with the idea of not being in control of ourselves. So what we're trying to do is we're actually trying to just control our body in order to make that happen. And a lot of times what that ends up doing is resulting in an eating disorder of some type. Especially like anorexia or bulimia, binging and purging. Well, you know, you've, you've, I'm sure you've heard the expression and know the work of Janine Roth. It's not what you're, it's not what you're eating. It's what's eating you. I mean, this is really exactly. what we're talking about, um, and it, and it's pervasive that it, that we actually allow it to um, hinder our sexuality and the pleasure that we experience with ourselves and with our partners. That seems. Like, a, like a, a travesty, really, but yet we do it time and time and time again. Well, you know, it's interesting because 90% of people that have eating disorders, those eating disorders stem from something that was a sexual violation of some sort. Mm. So it's a, it's a really interesting way that the two things kind of go together because, like, for instance, let's just take rape as an example. So if somebody's been raped, they have no control when they're being raped, obviously. 
And so what they do is like they punish themselves by trying to control everything about themselves. So I think that a lot of the things that we're doing to ourselves with the negative body image and eating disorders and things that go along in that nature are really punishing ourselves, even if it wasn't our fault. Is it that it's punishing ourselves or we're trying to maintain a dominion over something, you know, some illusion because life felt so out of control at some point or another, whether it was an assault or a rape or um, something that happened to us that was traumatic, the one area that we can control is what we put in our mouths or don't. Well, put in but our that's mouths. well. But the thing is, is that the the irony of all that is that when somebody has an eating disorder, it's they really are not in control. You know, they think they are. Clearly. So oh, it's, it's an illusion. Yes, I'm agreeing It's with an you. illusion. So they're yeah. really not in control, even though that's what they're actually trying to do. And that's when it's time to get help, to stop, to stop the cycle, to become self-reflective, to look at the root issues or the unresolved material to be able to, to move to the other side. Exactly. Which takes courage. It takes a lot of courage, and it's not an easy thing to do. And you know what? It's really a core issue because I always tell people, if you think about all kinds of other addictions like drugs and, you know, and alcohol and things like that, you either do it or you don't do it. But with food, you have to eat every day. So it's really such a core issue, and it really starts a lot of times when we're very young and a lot of these other addictions are really something that come out of a food addiction because they started at a young age with, you know, having some type of food addiction and just turned it into something else. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about um, tips to start breaking the bad body image, things that we can do right here, right now mm-hmm. to, to begin to turn the tide. So I'm going to give you three really easy tips that – I personally do every day because I think it's an amazing thing and it really has changed me and my life. And one of those things is I tell people to write three sticky notes and each one of those sticky notes say, you are beautiful, I love you. And you put one of those sticky notes on the mirror that you're getting uh, ready in front of in the morning. Another one, like let's say if you're brushing your teeth or whatever you're doing, it doesn't have to be full length. One on your refrigerator door and one on the door that you exit your home from when you leave for the day. And each time you see these notes, you need to out loud say to yourself three times you need to read the notes. And eventually you will start to believe it. So it's really like a form of positive reinforcement to you about yourself. It's essentially a mantra or an affirmation that science has actually proven works. I know it sounds hokey, But it's true that when we begin to reprogram our minds, you know, because our brains really are plastic, we can teach an old dog new tricks, we we become this becomes habit. You know, we all know that, you know, it's it's kind of funny to say, Oh, you're you're beautiful, I love you, but the reality of it is you are beautiful and you do love yourself. I am beautiful and I do love myself. And it takes practice to reinforce this habit. And this is why I believe you're suggesting this. Right, exactly, and you're exactly right on all levels of what I was saying there. Practice and then the second permanent. tip, <laughs> exactly, practice makes permanent. I like that, and I like that so much better than practice makes perfect. I really do. 
Because I think that, you know, things we have to keep doing over and over again. And it's not really about being perfect. It's about doing the practice. It is, because the practice is the journey. It's not the destination. Because we will never achieve perfection. And it's highly overrated anyway, right? Who wants to be perfect? Exactly. Like, what do you want to be perfect for? Because then people are judging you based on that perfection all the time. And you have to live up to that standard. And it's a lonely place. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it is definitely lonely. Okay. Tip so number <laughs> tip number two is for them to look in a full length mirror at their body. Uh, I want them to spend 10 minutes in front of the mirror at least three times a week touching their body and looking at themselves and not judging, just looking, looking at how beautiful they are. Because they are beautiful goddesses. So I want them to look at their bodies. I want them to touch their breasts and touch their stomach and touch their cellulite and tell it. And when they do that, I ask them to send messages to what they would like to look like if they don't look like that already. Because once again, what am I doing? I'm having them program in their body that's based on 80, over 80% water new messaging. So that they stop looking at themselves and going, my legs are fat. Tip number three, and then I want to talk for a minute about the love that is infused in in sex butter. So let's do tip number three because we are Mm -hmm. rapidly running out of time. So tip number three is for them to take a dab of sex butter, and they don't really need to take a lot, maybe a dime's worth, a dime size, and rub it on the womb area and hold both of their hands over the womb area and just say the word love, nothing else. And then after doing this for three minutes, I have them ask the universe to release any of the negative messages that are being held onto in their cellular memory out into the ethers for good because they are no longer serving them. Beautiful. I, I love the, the sex butter and the love bit with the, with the self you know, massage on the belly. I think that's lovely. You know, it's very, yeah. uh, it's um, self-nurturing, which is a huge part of the practices that both you and my previous guests are talking about, you know, to really mm-hmm. be self-honoring and self-loving in this. Right. And the thing is, so, okay, so now this is where, why use the sex butter? Well, what we do with the sex butter is we actually, via quantum physics, we actually infuse positive messaging and beautiful blessings and all kinds of positive words into the butter so that it really helps women open up and heal. And that was really the basis for the sex butter because when I was in perimenopause, I was in pain. And so I needed to open up my body and heal. And a lot of times when women start to experience bad things, they shut down that whole area And what ends up happening is it kind of really gets dried up and shut down and they don't feel good. No, no, we don't want that. No, 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 no. You know what? You've heard the expression, you know, like use it or lose it. And we do not want to lose that. We don't, none of us wants to lose our mojo, man, woman, no matter how old, none of us really wants to, to, to lose that, that groove and that lust for life. And that's what we're talking about that, that mojo. Exactly, exactly. And then on top of that, 
one of the things that's great about the sex butter is it has a, an actual natural stimulant in it. So, you know, for those people that don't have a big sex drive or don't really experience sexual desire, and there are many people like that, it, it gives you that extra push to where you start to feel your body and you get out of your head and you actually know that you have a body down there and it wants some attention too. It wants some loving. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we have run out of time. And on that note, I want to direct our listeners to visit sexbutter.net to learn more about Bonnie Gale's body image and intimacy work. You can also visit her on Twitter at sexbutterbait. And on Facebook, she is Bonnie Gale. That's B-O-N-N-I-E-G-A-Y-L-E-101. Bonnie Gale 101. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guest today, Bonnie Gale of sexbutter.net and Michael Russer of hardlybroken.com wishing you kinder thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. And before we close out, I really want to just circle back to this subject of sexuality and body image, that our sexuality is one of the most beautiful forms of expression that we have. And it's best to just allow yourself um, the presence, the patience, the kindness, and the connection to another. And if you're uncomfortable in any way, to seek out experts like we have on this show to help you find your way home to yourself with love and respect and joy. So until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for being with us, and we will have you back again soon. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts.